Europe is us, but who are we? Stay with us and you'll find out. Today's topic, mental health. Today's guest, Kaja Gwomp, an academic psychologist from Krakow, Poland. Kaja, tell us more about your work. Which field of psychology are you working on? I am an employee of, of the Institute of Applied Psychology at the Jagiellonian University in Krakow. Uh, total disclaimer, I am not a clinical psychologist or therapist, uh, so, so I actually don't systematically help people who struggle with mental disorders. However, this topic is very close to my heart. I teach students psychopathology or as it's called sometimes um, abnormal psychology. Please do not confuse it with paranormal psychology. Um, my, my main um, focus of interest is actually cognitive psychology. Uh, I'm interested in eyewitness, uh, eyewitness testimony, but I also uh, I'm also interested in abnormal psychology in the context of of uh, forensic psychology. So so that's something I I'm really passionate about, and I am sometimes asked uh, to take up the subject of mental health issues. I don't know how it happened, how it started, but I, I, I find this mission very important and I take it very, very seriously. seriously. And, and as a result, somewhat uh, by accident, maybe, I have become, uh, I, I don't know how to call it, a self-proclaimed advocate for people with mental health issues. Well, I am definitely glad that you accepted this role. It's important to have people like you bringing the mental health topic closer, especially to the younger audience. So how did you as a psychologist notice the rise of mental health issues within youth? Um, I read a lot. <laughs> I read a lot. We can see it. Uh, we can see reports. We can, we can uh, see um, people, pro- practitioners, professionals who speak up uh, and also, I talk with with students of mine a lot. They they uh, sometimes sometimes they struggle, but also they have friends who struggle. Um, and it's it's safe to say that that the increase is is um, quite visible around us. Um, but what's what's um, probably uh, a bigger, uh, more serious evidence uh, are the research, uh, are studies that that show everywhere. Um, that we deal with uh, uh, increase, we deal with increasing prevalence of, of mental health issues among youth. Uh, it does not only mean young adults. It does not even mean teenagers. It also means children. I have no answer why it happens. Um, probably the environment around us changes very dramatically. Uh, but it's a fact and we have a lot of evidence in studies in research to prove it. We can always rely on research and facts. And what do they say about the most common issues youth has? Uh, so I'd like to highlight a few key diagnoses. And first and foremost, our um, mood disorders and anxiety disorders. And those illnesses actually uh, are also widespread um, in general population, in adult population. Um, binge drinking and substance abuse are also uh, getting a lot of attention today, although we actually have some, some evidence that's, uh, that suggests that these problems in young people have been decreasing recently, at least in some regions, in some countries. 
um, in case of younger uh, adults, uh, younger adolescents, maybe even children, um, another key diagnosis are behavioral uh, disorders. This type, this type of uh, disorder uh, is frequently a prodrome, meaning those this early symptom of serious personality disorders in adulthood. Um, it also accompanies severe um, a severe um, mental disorder such as anxiety disorder or uh, pers um, personality disorder and so on. It also uh, accompanies um, de uh, developmental disorders such as um, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or autos uh, autism spectrum disorder. What more? Eating disorder uh, are also worth mentioning, such as anorexia, bulimia, uh, binge eating. Uh, we associate these, uh, these illnesses very strongly with young people, with young adults or, and teenagers. However, they can obviously start also in adulthood. And uh, in recent years, much of the attention of, of, of researchers, but also obviously practitioners, turned to behavioral addictions, uh, especially those connected with technology. Um, um, the problematic gaming, which is, by the way, researched by, by a colleague of mine from the Institute, Dr. Pavel Stroyne. Uh, another one is, uh, is um, social media addiction, um, which has severe symptoms, um, uh, addiction symptoms, but also uh, they harm self-esteem of young, young people. We, we know about that. Uh, it's it's a topic, mm, quite a one of the media topic uh, these days. Mm, and there is uh, there is also um, a binge watching, which colleague another colleague of mine, Yola Starosta, has fantastic research about. So uh, these are a new diagnosis, maybe not a clinical one per se, but uh, but but um, we are trying to focus on 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 those new diseases, new new mental issues. Um, but what I would like to uh, add, besides, you know, giving you a key diagnosis, dropping names, <laughs> um, it's not just the problem of, of common, common um, prevalent, uh, common um, uh, diseases and an increasing prevalence uh, in, in some of them, but also uh, it is a, uh, it's a problem of, of severity of the symptoms. And in recent years, we have noticed that in case of few uh, key diagnoses, the, the symptoms become more and more uh, are becoming more and more severe uh, and in case of, of uh, anxiety disorder we, it is safe to say that the symptoms are quite mild but in case of uh, depression um, clinical depression and in case of behavioral disorders uh, even though they are less frequently diagnosed, the symptoms are, are more, uh, more dangerous. Uh, they are sometimes even life-threatening. And what is actually heartbreaking, we also see the increase of uh, suicidal thoughts um, also, and suicide attempts. Thank you for so many answers in one answer, Kaya, and thank you for now. We're moving on to see what youth has to say in our section, The Voice of Gen Z. Our guests, Victoria from Slovakia and Magda from Poland. I 
think society has a lot to do with mental health. Young people especially feel the need to be on top, to be perfect, which ends up with them feeling insecure and not enough. And from that point, it's easy to feel anxious, stressed or depressed. The pandemic really took a toll on people's mental health. Those who were in school during that time were in front of their computers from the morning till the evening, which may not seem extreme, but it's really hard on one's mental health. A lot of people even lost their will to socialize. Young people turned to alcohol or drugs, felt more depressed or became depressed during that time. I would say that the biggest and the most important causes of, of this problem and this crisis are isolation and um, social media and the access to the social media. Starting with social media, um, it's an amazing tool. We can share our, our thoughts, we can connect with each other. Um, but at the same time, these, this access um, is causing many mental health um, problems such as eating disorders or anxiety um, because as I said it, it is an amazing tool but it also poses a question of um, how does this tool impact us as, as a youth and what are the reasons why we have so many for example um, body image issues currently mm. And about the pandemic and how the pandemic impacted the mental health crisis in Europe, the isolation part is something that is really, really a big issue. Um, we weren't able to contact each other. We weren't able to spend time with each other um, collectively as a world, basically. Um, and this made us um, very anxious Um you can see in, in many different uh, reports that this um, caused um, spikes in um, suicide, um, in suicides, yet suicidal deaths uh, around the Europe. Let's now meet Kaya personally. Kaya, what is your favorite memory? From my childhood, actually, every every time I ate one ice cream very close to my my grandmother's house uh this was very strange ice cream uh, let's call it stand uh but the ice cream the taste of it was fantastic and it was just this one place in the whole world who could who produce such a strangely fantastic ice creams so that's the first thing that comes to my mind when i think about my childhood that's very very strange but i love ice creams and what is your worst fear? My biggest fear. Uh, my biggest fear is war. <laughs> uh, and and as, as it's obvious, uh, my biggest fear become reality lately. Um, but let's not let's let's not focus on that for, for too long. My, my second biggest fear is is uh, getting old <laughs> and grumpy. <laughs> So I hope I'll be able to work on that and become just old without this grumpy. And what is your biggest wish, Kaya? The biggest wish. Oh, the biggest wish. Oh, wow. I was really not prepared to answer <laughs> such a hard question. I have so many wishes. I would like to have a, a house in Italy. 
that's my personal biggest wish. But um, but word, um, um, well, we live in a world that having a wish to have a house in Italy is is not exactly the proper one. So I would actually wish that I would not be waking up to more bad news. But I hope a house in Italy becomes reality as well. We'll get back to Poland soon. Let's take a look at Strasbourg now. In February, the European Parliament adopted a resolution that calls for mental health to be made an integral part of Europe's recovery from the pandemic, with 580 votes in favor. The MEPs insisted that spending on youth priorities should complement other EU programs, such as the Reinforced Youth Guarantee, the Child Guarantee and Erasmus+. Do you think programs like these, Erasmus+, exchanges, for example, can help a young person build self-esteem? Self-esteem is is one of the core characteristics of of ourselves. So uh, I would say growing self-esteem and having um, and having a sense of belonging, because I believe such programs uh, actually are beneficial for our sense of belonging. They give us a new perspective, but also they 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 give us a chance to find people who are very similar to us. Uh, are crucial for for many many reasons, developmental reasons. They are not just you know great for our academic achievements, but they 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 give us uh, competencies we can we can use in lives uh, on many many levels. Uh, and and you know self esteem is a is a, one of those psychological factors we often research uh, when uh, we often check we often uh, try to understand when we when we are dealing with with uh, many mental illnesses it's very it's crucial for eating disorders which is not pretty surprising uh, but it's also crucial for for mood disorders depression for example. Uh, for drug abuse, for binge drinking, self-esteem also plays a role uh, because in case of young people, but also adults, um, um, every problem with their identity, with their self-esteem can produce a thoughts, uh, dangerous thoughts that lead to even more dangerous mental health issues. So every program, every chance to, to uh, work on your self-esteem to work on your sense of belonging to to work on your your um, uh, skills social skills it's just a great chance to be healthy in the future and to you know give yourself chance in life it is now time for the watchdog's perspective our guest alex maxia a freelance journalist from gothenburg Many people in Europe think that depression and mental health issues in the Nordic countries are connected to the dark and cold winters. And although seasonal changes do affect some people, I would say that the locals are quite used to that and that the problems connected to mental health are much deeper than that. They're connected to anxieties and societal pressures on who you expect it to be and how to be normal fitting in. And it's not always easy to talk to other people about how you feel especially for guys. But in, with, in terms of the pandemic, there hadn't been a particular change 
in the sense of what you are allowed to do in Sweden, because many things were still open. For example, you could go to the gym and work out, and just doing that would make you feel better. And other countries have had much stricter rules, which has uh, changed people's habits drastically. So in that regard, Sweden was better off. But the broader sense of mental health issues is still a problem in society. And the recent uh, passing of the Swedish DJ Avicii, who took his own life at the age of 28, is a reminder of that. And a lot is be his father has recently contributed to opening a museum to remember uh, his life, but also to raise awareness of the mental health issues, which is something that uh, they, he really believes in in doing, so that more people could talk about things before it is too late. Back to Poland. Kaya, your government recently cut funds for the youth helpline and closed some wards. How did this affect the help system in Poland? I actually, uh, besides being academic, um, uh, I also am a volunteer in one one Polish helpline, a regional one, not not uh, not focused on kids, uh, teenagers, and young adults, but open for everyone. And, and I can see that people who are calling us are people who are desperate, they are lonely, they're desperately lonely, and they have no one around them to talk about uh, the, the drama, some, some major dramas in their life. They have no meaningful relationship uh, with their peers, with their family, and they are scared to talk about this issue. And, and volunteers in those helplines or employees of those helplines are the only ones uh, who offer them uh, real talk and real help. They also deal, deal with people who are in immediate crisis, people who are um, thinking about killing themselves. So, as I said, there is absolutely no rational justification for cutting funds uh, for any organization calling us, uh, calling them. Um, I. I don't know how can we how can we find peace with that on a na- nation level, but also you know on a just humane level. Kaya, thank you so very much, and thank you all for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and listen to what we have to say because Europe is us. Lisboa, Brussels, Varsavia.